Welcome to the In the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Bird, and every week I bring you great information from fabulous people that I get to meet all over the world. I interview public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, millionaires, and moguls that share their know-how, tipping points, pivotal moments, and life lessons. I promise you educative, empowering, and entertaining conversations with entrepreneurs that have a social conscience. Don't forget to find me on social. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Facebook, it's Clarissa Burt Official. Also sign up for my newsletter at clarissaburt.com. That way you can keep abreast of the In the Limelight media as it's coming out. And you'll be getting my weekly newsletter along with the In the Limelight magazine every quarter. Check out inthelimelightmedia.com. Hello and welcome to Bookish Meet the Authors, part of the In the Limelight Network. I'm your host, Nisa Goto, and joining me today is Glenn Dunweiler to talk about his book, A Degree in Homelessness, an Entrepreneur Skills for Students. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. So uh, what inspired you to write this book? I taught at universities for 11 years uh, in entertainment, and uh, I had students when they hit junior, senior year, they realized they didn't know how they were going to make a living. Once they graduated, they didn't know how they were going to pay their student loans back. And I didn't have an answer for them. I kind of grew up in the academic world, telling people telling me that the, the key to success was to get a degree. Yeah. So I did that. And I was good at academics and I ended up falling into teaching. And so I didn't know what they were going to do. Uh, and, but I had made a documentary in 2010 and I had no idea about the business side of entertainment. And so I finally jumped ship in 2015 and really started diving into the business side of entertainment. And that's when I learned all these entrepreneurial skills. And I thought, this is what the students need to know. (laughs) This is what they are not learning. And this is what is going to help them transfer their skills that they have learned in whatever they have learned into something that's going to make money for them so they can make themselves sustainable because we don't teach our kids how to be sustainable. No, we just don't. It's not something that is in our, in our mind. My, uh, uh, a person I was with was a kindergarten teacher and they were college first. You know, you start indoctrinating those children, five, six-year-old, where are you going to college? Where are you going to college? And everyone want you start talking about college, like college is the, the end result, the yeah. goal, you know, but after you graduate from college, you have a lot of life left. <laughs> so what I found is the students that were graduating from college mm-hmm. um, thought they were done. <laughs> yeah, it's, The yeah. world was handed to them. They, yeah. they, have, they have accomplished what what everyone has told them to accomplish. And so that's why I wrote the book because students need these tools. Speaking from experience after graduating college. Yes. You have, you realize, Oh wait, it's, it's kind of like, you don't learn, you realize you don't learn the skills you kind of need to like actually do things in life. Right. Like balance a checkbook or create deal with your own finances. And you, you get taught all the, 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 um, the theoreticals and all that stuff. And then you go into the real world. It's like, okay, now how do I put what I learned into use? And how do I right. make, how do I make a living out of this in the real world? Not just in that college bubble. <laughs> right. Well, and my, my business coach always says, you can learn how to cook, but that doesn't mean you can run a restaurant. Very true. <laughs> so good. 
People have told me, I actually love to cook. You always tell me you should run a restaurant. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to put a 39, like a 40 foot pole between me and running a restaurant because that is a whole other skill set that I am not ready to deal with. Right. But are you telling students not to go to college? Is that I am not telling students. That's one thing that when you read the title, I mean, yeah. granted, it's a catchy title. And I've, I've been working on homelessness across the United States for 10, 11 years. So I wrap that into my other work and people think, what is this guy saying? Is yeah. he telling kids not to go to college? That's the wrong message. I'm not telling kids to not go to college. I'm saying to strategize the yeah. education that they get that would be best for them while they are getting the education and then be prepared to use business and entrepreneurial skills to make that education work for them outside of their formal education. So getting a degree is fine, but if you get a degree in underwater basket weaving, because that's your passion and you have no idea how to turn that into something that can feed you after graduation, that's a problem. <laughs> there's, there's an acting school in um, Vancouver that it's run by an actor his, and he decided that he was going to not only teach people how to act, but also how to basically turn yourself into, an, uh, into a business. It's called right. entrepreneurship. Like, like you basically, and he teaches the skills of you're going to learn how to act because it's the one of the biggest problems of going to acting school is that you learn how to act great. And then you're out, out there in the world. And how do you turn that into an actual thing? But I feel like that's also not only applies to um, theater majors, or like, like I was, like I walked out of school and I'm like, I know I'm going to become an insurance agent with my dad because that's how it, that's my, how my life projected. But you don't come in a lot of, a lot of, unless you're going to become a doctor and all that stuff and you have the steps that will guide you to becoming in that career, you graduate or you create your own major. It doesn't, it's great to have that education, but you need, like I said, you need that, like now where's the practical steps to help me make this into an actual thing and not just. Right. And then even what I've noticed, so I'm of the generation where in entertainment, you were in this, in, in this path of, of, of creating entertainment. You had no idea how to market it. You had no idea how to create a business model out of it. You were completely beholden to, to, to people, business people telling you, this is how you should live your life. You should work for me. But then with the advent of YouTube and the opportunities that presenters and performers had, I found that they naturally had gained marketing skills, Yeah, but they had not necessarily gained business skills too. So business marketing skills are part of business skills, yeah. but if it's, if it's marketing first, I don't know if you're familiar with the fire festival, yeah, and that, that yeah. debacle, right? That's what happens when you market first and you lead with marketing, but you have no business to back it up. Yeah. Isn't marketing I think, supposed to help the business part of it? It's supposed to be like that little structure to help grow the business, not the foundation to stand on. <laughs> Right. And so that's what this book is trying to do. It's that balance between getting these hard skills, getting these marketing presentation, branding skills, and getting these business skills that actually make something sustainable, you know, and it's it, it, those three have to work. It's all I, I, I give talks to high school students called learn, do, connect, repeat. And that is the that is the, the formula that I found. You're always learning. You're always doing work experience. You're always connecting with people to figure out who you could find valuable and who other people would find you valuable in different 
industries, different opportunities. And then you work that out and you work, you understand what a business model is yeah. and you work within that business model. Yeah, that's great. And is, what are, is that some of the takeaways from your book or do you have other like overall takeaways? Yeah, so the, the biggest takeaway that is the hardest is figuring out how to value yourself, which that's one thing that it's even hard for people that, that are not going to school. It, it's one of these things where we are trained to work for somebody. Mm -hmm. And so we are trained to wait for someone else to tell us how much we're worth. Yeah. And then you also have to figure out the time versus money yeah. conundrum, right? And it, are you, is someone paying you for your time or are they paying you for a product that you give? And then how do you spin that? Because there's only so much time in the day and will that sustain you after, even after you stop being able to make now money? And people, young people and even middle-aged people like myself don't want to think about the time when they can no longer make now money. But you have to start thinking about that because no one's taking care of you necessarily when you hit 60, 70 years old and you're the way that you used to make now money is not possible because of your physical capability. So that those are kind of the, the things where, you have to roll in your, your value. Well, how do you, how do, how do I value myself? What, what, and the way I put it is what joy can you give to someone that they will be willing to pay you for? <laughs> because that's the other thing is I, I, I go through my kind of path and I care about trying to solve this homelessness conundrum. And at one point, even after I had moved to LA and started learning these business skills, I got pushed into following my passion of trying to speak about how to, how to solve homelessness. But I, after dumping all this money and kind of positioning myself as an expert, I found that I was unable to find anybody that was willing to pay me to talk about homeless people because talking about homeless people doesn't really give people joy. No, so why would they pay for that? And they want to move away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the, that, that was my broken business model. So when I always talk about, well, yes, this is what you may want to do, but does that give people joy? And the next step, because people appreciate my work on homelessness, but they don't want to give me money for it. So does it give people joy? And does it give people joy that they are willing to pay you for? <laughs> yeah, that is and, a good point. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah, that's difficult to find that balance. And it is a topic that people are uncomfortable about or they'd feel like maybe they don't want to say the wrong thing or we, everyone's like human beings. We shy away from things that make us uncomfortable. Right. And, and part of that part of being an entrepreneur is always being positive, always finding solutions, not problems and finding a way to make people comfortable about something. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's always easier. I always want to reinvent the wheel, right? Which is another thing that that is is an extra complication in business. If you can follow a some a path that's already been worked out, or you can just tweak a, a path that's already been worked out, it'll help you jump further ahead. Because there are a lot of things that have to fit yeah. to make a business fly. So if you can already work in a, in a structure that's been worked out, 
that would be great. And one of those is having things that people, things that make people's lives easier, right? Yeah. That's always something, if you can spin it into making someone's lives easier or speeding their lives up or making them happier, that yeah. is, those are the products that people want. Those are the things that people gravitate towards. Yeah. So how can what you want to do make someone's life easier or faster or better? How can it improve their lives? And people will respond to that. So even back to my conundrum that I'm always working on with homelessness is yeah. like, how can I talk about the things that will improve the people in the community's lives, both yeah. homeless people and both house people? Let's talk about that because the sad stories are just sad stories and yeah. there are a lot of sad stories. So let's not focus on the sad stories. And in business, mm -hmm. you really don't want to focus on the sad stories. No one wants to focus on the sad stories. Your employees have to focus on the sad stories, but you as the entrepreneur, you as the business owner, you are the cheerleader. Yeah. And you have to be, people want you to be the cheerleader. They want the good story. So you have to give them the good story and learn how to give them what they want and what they need. Because sometimes the two aren't the same, no. right? And finding that middle ground sometimes can be difficult, right? Yeah. Or finding out the difference between the two because you think that want and need sometimes go together and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Got something on my throat. Uh, so who is this book for? Is it just for college students or is it for high school students or is it for, can it be useful for anyone who's already graduated? It is for anybody that finds themselves stuck. <laughs> so uh, well, I always say, first off, let's, let's tackle high school students as I have a friend that is that she got her 10 year old to open an Amazon store. And what he was doing is he was curating toys that he liked and using his ability to recognize what would be fun for kids. And then he was putting it up on his store. So he was learning business skills at 10. Mm -hmm. Yes, that would be ideal. However, how many are going to learn it? So you learn these skills as early as possible. And I say that the skills are like vegetables. Yeah. You know, kids don't necessarily like eating vegetables. Young adults don't necessarily like eating vegetables. And especially when you're 18 to 22 or in high school, you can get by with eating Chick-fil-A and Burger King and pizza and your body doesn't hurt. But when you get to 25, no, your body says, hey, buddy, maybe, um, hey, remember there were these things called vegetables and you think, oh yeah, carrots. And I know where to get the carrots. And I know how to cook the carrots, right? Because someone taught you, or at least you have an awareness of better food. And I say that entrepreneurial skills are like that. Because when you're a student and you're in a program and you're trying to navigate being an adult for the first time, and now you're maybe away for the first time, you're on your own, you're, you're dealing with hormones, you're dealing with the relationships, you're dealing with formal education, you've got a lot on your plate. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurial skills aren't necessarily at the forefront. Plus, you're not going to use them much. You're in classes. Yeah. However, at some point, you're going to get to that. Yeah. And when you know how to, if you know how to access them, that would be great. But I found myself at 
what was I, when I stopped teaching at university as I was 42, I said, I found myself at 42 with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, highly educated. I'd been teaching for 11 years and I was stuck. I didn't know the department I was teaching in didn't want to pay me any more money. And I didn't know how one, how to convince them they should be paying me more. <laughs> and two, where to look to possibly go find someone who'd be willing to pay me more. And I think a lot of people in different parts of their lives, whether they're in their 20s, just out of, out of, out of um, school, whether in their 30s and they've had a job and now they're making make us learning, looking to make an, a move, whether in their 40s and they just got fired, whether, you know, whatever it may be, or they just had a divorce or what, you know, yeah. <laughs> they have to reformat their lives. This book is for anybody that finds themselves stuck because it deals with a lot of, uh, of these soft skills uh, of, of trying to figure out what, what you can do that people will pay you for and you will enjoy. And, and uh, so though that's who's the book for, who the book is for right now, I think that my target market is high schools, yeah. colleges. Interestingly, I've been talking to colleges, but again, with that title, a degree in homelessness, I'm kind of a threat to colleges because <laughs> I think, why would we invite a guy in that's telling, a, telling our students not to get a degree, which again, I am not, but uh, it's all about, I actually had a, a person tell me I should change the title, but I think it's a great title. So. It's catchy, but it also goes back to, it's interesting that a bunch of, a university or a college is telling, is judging a book by its cover, which is literally what you're taught not to do. Cause right. they're literally looking at the, the, the title and being like, oh, this is what it's talking about. Like, no, if people, this is, no, you need to read the book as in you're taught in school. Don't judge a book by its cover, read the book. It's always something different. Right. But again, back to entrepreneurial skills, it's not the customer's problem. It's my problem, yeah. right? I got to figure out how to make them, inspire them yeah. to look into the book. Because right now, obviously, I'm not. And that's, that's a real switch in your head that you constantly have to work on. Because we are taught to be victims of the man. Right? The man never pays us enough money. The man doesn't care about us. The government should do something, but da, 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 right? Where entrepreneurs look for solutions and they know that they are the ones to come up with the solutions. And that's really a, a mind flip that you have to work on because that stuff, when I started working on myself six, seven years ago, you start, un, you start unearthing things that you never even realized you were taught. You go, oh, that's where I got that idea from. Um, you know, my, my, my funny story, my grandfather always said, pay yourself first, but I had no idea what that meant. He always just said, pay yourself first. So when I was 19, I bought myself a Harley Davidson motorcycle <laughs> and I went to my grandfather and I said, look, grandpa, I paid myself first. And he said, that's not what it means. <laughs> so, and again, it go, we go through it in the book, but pay yourself first is this idea that you have expenses of living, yeah. but you have, you have to put money away for the future to yeah. give yourself leverage in case things happens in, in things happen in case you can, 
you stop making now money. Yeah. You know, you always have to put money away. And we also, we, we, we are encouraged to live life in the present without a plan all the time. I, I was in a point in a relationship where we were just living life for if we could make the payments every month, which wow. is an awful way to live your life. Yeah constantly chasing payments well we can have this because we can afford the monthlies on every on all our bills and that's you can either you can either pay compound interest or you can make compound interest and you want to form your 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 life to a point where you can get to making compound interest because this kind of passive scalable income is something that i also talk about we also talk about the myths of money because we're also taught that money is this certain thing and it's this very limiting thing, but entrepreneurs and business people don't look at it that way. I have a friend that looks at money as energy and it's, it's this energy transfer. And when you start looking at the way money is used, it, you realize that that's not the way we're taught works. So there's this, this lesson in culture that we're taught about money. And then there's this actual thing called money that, that business people use to, to, to look at risk and reward and return on investment. And once you start, I think Steve Jobs said, once he found out he could poke the walls and make a difference, <laughs> then, then the game was open to him. And that's part of this book as well, is just looking at where you can poke the walls in this structure that people tell you is finite. This is the structure because you only grow up in education where people say, this is the way it is. And so you only think, well, this is the way life is. Mm -hmm. but no, by whose definition? <laughs> sure. And where can people find you in your books? Sure. So you can find the book at your favorite online retailer. So obviously Amazon is the biggest yeah. one, but Barnes and Noble online as well. And uh, Smashwords, which just moved or merged with another company. So it, it's out there Good. and it's easily accessible. And where can people, if you want to um, reach out, to re um, contact you? Like yeah, absolutely. Thanks for covering that question again. I forgot to answer. So um, my last name is Dunsweiler, D-U-N-Z-W-E-I-L-E-R. So my website is glendunsweiler.com, Glenn with one N. I know it's a heck of a last name, but if you can spell it once, you can find me easily. Yeah. Plus, you can always look at, I have a documentary out there on Amazon Prime called Why Homeless. Uh, you can go to my website, glendunsweiler.com. Uh, a degree in homelessness, you can type that in and find me, and it all comes back to my website, and you can find me there. Great. Well, thank you, Glenn, for joining me today. It was lovely having you on the show. Thanks I wish for having you me. success with everything that you're doing. Thanks. And um, thank you everyone for joining me on Bookish Meet the Authors and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.